Just want to get out there somewhere? It's time to get off the grid with the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast. Broadcasting through Blue Collar Media. Thanks to OCAM 4x4 Accessories, Auto One, Distinctive Image, Outback Signs and Coldies Tow Bars and Bull Bars. Yes, g'day. Welcome to the latest edition of the Duck and Rico's Red Dirt Podcast where we talk everything four-wheel driving, camping, and just getting out there off the grid, something that we all love to do. Rico is here with me, who's just not long came back from a uh, a big trip. And Rico, good to see you again, mate. Yeah, mate, good to be back. Done plenty of Ks over the last few weeks, but I'll tell you what, we had some good fun. Yeah, well, I think the last time we did this podcast, I think you were a broken hill. Yeah, we were a broken hill, mate. Freezing. We stay, stayed there for a couple of nights. I'll tell you what, the weather was nasty while we were there, but uh, once it was in the rearview mirrors, everything... Got nice and sunny, and yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you didn't have a track across the Simpson, mate. Yeah. You've got to be happy with that. Oh, it's terrible, mate. You'd have hated it. Well, no, at least you, <laughs> and you've got to wow with it because at the moment, depending on when you're listening to this um, podcast, the old COVID's raised its head again, which is throwing a few um, travel plans into uh, disarray for a lot of people. Mate, we've got our big weekend this weekend Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, who are a sponsor of our podcast here. And, uh, mate, it's going to be a big weekend up there. Yeah, mate, uh, go home and pack the car again tomorrow and yeah. get back up there. It'll be great. It's good, mate. It's just a quickie. Look, just get up there, you know, hang out with a few of our you know, like-minded travellers and four-wheel drivers. We've got a bit of a show on. $1,000 first prize, cash. Mate, I'm really looking forward to seeing what turns up. Yeah. I, I reckon we'll see some absolute Let's hope someone does turn up. We've got, <laughs> um, we've got a, a Uniden dash cam camera worth 500 bucks to give away as well. Also, a set of towing mirrors from our mates at OCAM. And, uh, and some other prizes on Club 4x4 will be set up there, giving all the advice on insurance and the like. And I think they're going to bring those race car simulating machines up there as well. Which yeah, be, that'll be a bit of fun. Bit, bit of all right, bit of all right. So it'll be a good weekend. It's not too late. Just get on to Blue Lagoon Beach Resort at Bado Bay and see if you can book a spot. But I know it's, it is uh, it is booking. But you can just turn up on the Saturday if you like and enter by about 9.30. We'll do a quick run around over the vehicles. And that's a winner on about lunchtime. We'll have yeah. food trucks. Sounds fair. We'll have a Mr. Whippy van. Happy days. Trumping castle for the kids. I think there's uh, also beer on tap. Got happy with that. And that's the old um, Combi Keg Central Coast will be there. And my mate Wilco performing around the fire on Saturday night. Be big. Unreal. Looking forward to yeah, that. So if you want to come camping with us, not too late. Like we say, it depends on when you listen to this. So if you listen to it after the 26th of June, well, it's been on. Yeah, you it's missed been it. Been run and won. That's right, you missed it. So you need. We'll, we'll, so obviously we'll get this up and uh, and obviously hopefully people will hear it and come away with us. Should be good, mate. So on your recent trip, we were talking about um, some of the setups you've seen, and yeah. it is it is funny. You see, I think what's happened is because of the so many people now getting into camping who normally would you know and travelling that would normally probably go on a cruise or go to Bali or something and there's no overseas travel. People are just getting into it any way they can. Um, mate, you see some pretty good setups, but you see some old retro ones. Mate, I saw fair income just about everything you can think of on this trip. Everything from, you remember those old, um, I don't even know what you call them, the, the tiny little triangle looking tents. Mm. From, you know, back in the 70s yeah, the and 80s. Yeah, two men, four men. Yeah, yeah the, the really retro ones. I saw a, a setup like that yeah. on the way and, and it just 
you know, made me chuckle a little bit. Yep. Sort of took me back to my youth, and they had the proper steel poles, and yeah. the thing looked like it was in mint condition too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and but that, it must have been old. Used to be. Look, some of those tents that you used to use in the old days are actually better than the ones you get now. They're just longer to put up, uh, or longer I, to assemble. Where now it's all about, you know, getting set up as fast as you can and get getting your campsite ready. But in those days, like some of the, I remember a tent that I had, which had two rooms in it. Yep. And I think it was an old Coleman tent or something, but yeah. it was like real good quality canvas, a lot of poles. Heavy. Heavy, a nightmare. Yep. But, mate, would stand through anything. It was just – and uh, so, you know, and I guess that um, as we people over the years of more and more people getting involved in the camping lifestyle, well, they just want to get set up. Those ones you get up now, minutes – well, mate, we were at uh, at Maree. You can camp out the back of the Maree Hotel, which is pretty handy. Mm. And uh, I've gone out there and swung out the awning, threw up the swag. Yep. And there was a couple over on the other side of the grounds with some monstrosity of a tent that had more poles than you could poke a stick at. Mm. If Fed Income needed development application from <laughs> council to get the thing up. Yeah. And I think I was on my third or fourth bourbon when they finally made it inside the pub. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is. It's 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 and and another thing you see a lot of too is a lot of old caravans that have been restored. Yeah, so I've seen a lot nice, of that. Nice old Viscounts, and I yeah. saw a couple of massive dollar, you know, state of the art units. Yeah, uh, one being towed by a Big Dodge Ram. He, yeah, he yeah, stopped yeah. at every servo on the way. Those fifth wheelers. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, like it's just it, it is amazing with the amount of people now that are travelling. And, you know, not just in caravans and tents and swags and campers, but also just, you know, booking their accommodation in rooms and pubs and stations that have got cabins now and shearers' quarters and the like. It's, mate, it's good to see, but it's getting a bit harder to get in anywhere. Mate, we um, we had a couple with us on, on the trip who were looking for cabins most of the way. They're mm. an older couple, um, and that's fine. We don't have any dramas or that sort of thing. Mm. Just about everywhere we went was booked out. Mm. Everywhere. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Middle of the week. Unbelievable, mate. No, it really no, is. No rooms or cabins at Murray, mm. nothing at Mount Dare, nothing at Birdsville, nothing at Cobar. So, what, so when you do these these little tag-alongs that you do, and only, you know, it's pretty pretty exclusive, so they can have any accommodation option they like. So if, if, if you have got people that are strictly in a cabin, have they got emergency accommodation, like a tent or something, in case you just... Yeah, well, they're coming the across. The they're coming across the desert, so they had to yeah, have their gear for that. Yeah, absolutely. So if right, they didn't, okay. if they weren't able to get something, they you know they still had their yeah their comms there. But yeah, no, that's all right, isn't it? Because you can find you just showed me a camp spot near Cobar, which was unbelievable. Yeah, free camp near Cobar. We'll talk about that on the radio show yeah. later in the week. Yeah, um, yeah that, it's um, it was a river. Yeah, that looks all right. There's a couple of good camp spots out around Cobar. Like for when you're on the move, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's one about if you're heading into Cobar from say um, from say Ningen, there's, there's one about 50 k's out. It's only small, it's alongside the railway line, but it's just a basic, you know. But there are toilets there and the like, and you can pull up and you'll obviously see caravans in there or campers. And there's another one about another, you know, I think 30, 40, 50 k's out of town, yep. heading towards Broken Hill on your right. Yep. And then you've got McCulloch's Ranges. These are just for people that are trapped. They're not the sort of thing you place you go to for the weekend. No. But for the night, you know, yeah. pull up late in the Arvo. Yeah, if you're heading to the Flinders or something from Sydney or... Absolutely, just pull up in there and light a fire and have a feed, a couple of beers, and then get up the next day and move on. 
Uh, there's a there's a there's a bit to choose from there. Just a lot of goats in that area. There is a lot of goats in that area. Uh, yeah, I tell you what, the whole trip I saw two kangaroos. Yeah, really? Two, oh, the whole the entire trip. The entire trip I saw two kangaroos, both in the middle of the day, and both big boys. Mate, that's unbelievable. It's yeah. just um, normally that stretch between uh, Ningan and Cobar yeah. is, you know, just littered with them. They're like flies, and on the way home, out around Kunnamulla, they're really thick as well. But Nothing, not yeah, a thing. Incredible. It's just, um, it, 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 that's that's surprising because I, I mean, where are they? <laughs> I reckon the droughts knocked them about a fair bit. Yeah, yeah. There's been a bit of water about lately, though. I mean, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it just, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's um, that's a that's big to drive that far and see two. Although, I'll be honest with you, I think when, when we went to the territory, we on oh, not the last trip to the territories, one before that, we went to Ayers Rock and basically on the way out towards Mungandai saw a lot of roadkill. Yep. But and that was when the drought was probably, you know, on and uh, it was a few years ago. And I never saw another roo until I got back into between Broken Hill and Wilcannia. And I saw one on the road going out to the Stewart Highway from Uluru. Yep. Uh, we didn't and it see, was like, where are all the roos? We didn't yeah. see any on the way out there, Yeah, all the way across the desert. And when mm. we left Birdsville that morning, we saw the two. That was it. Yeah, it's incredible. Had more issues with cows on the road. Yeah, right, okay. Well, of them. Well, I, I remember that, that particular trip. Um, the roos were pretty bad between Broken Hill and Wilcannia coming back. We'll come back in the dark. Uh, and the goats, there were just thousands of them. Yeah, you won't hit a goat though. They're really? Pretty, they're pretty clever. They, they're yeah. not like kangaroos though. I'm going to tell you now, mate. I did nail one. You did? Yeah, I, mate. He was. Yeah, yeah. He, he just ran coming out from nowhere. Yeah, yeah you don't see many of those getting hit. They're yeah, normally no, pretty clever. No, and um, he was big, and his horn end of his horn was still in the winch box on the bull bar. <laughs> oh no! Forever, yeah. Yeah, I got him good. I didn't want to get him. I didn't mean to get him. No, of course you never but want him. But he, but he came out and, um, yeah. So I, 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 I collected him. At, um, and he was a big goat. And I knew we'd done a bit of damage because the minute I'd hit him, um, the driving lights aimed down on the road. Yeah, yeah. It was, he was a big goat, and uh, we weren't travelling that fast because I was. Dodging ruse, you know, like yeah. You know, I remember one trip coming home from Birdsville. We we drove through the night, which was not the smartest idea around that sort of country. Mm. But um, out between oh, where were we? Charleville and Cunnamulla. You couldn't count the ruse. They were just, mm. they were thick as flies. They yeah. were terrible. Yeah, they can get big out there too, mate. They get big everywhere. But but um, it's funny. Remember a while back. It's a couple of years ago now. You and I camped down not far from here at a cat eye with the roos yeah, all around yep. us. I was um, I was camping. I, I I went up to Brisbane a few weeks ago, and on the way back, I just thought I would check a couple of spots out. And I camped at at a place called um, was a Woody Head up at Iluka, which was a yep. great camp spot. Yeah, Iluka's great. A great spot. And there were there were wallabies everywhere in this campground. Yep. But then when we we left there and we came and camped at a place that you, you're you're fond of, at um, at uh, Trial Bay. Yeah, yeah. Southwest Rocks. Yep. And the roos in there, very people friendly. Although one did sort of growl at me because I tried. To, he was trying to get into the van. 
Um, but made everywhere, just, you know, and not leaving there anytime soon because I'm tipping plenty of people, are feeding them. Oh, no doubt, yeah. They'll be living the good life. And, um, that, geez, they were big. Yep. Yeah, real big. But uh, no, it's, it's funny you mentioned those setups, mate. I, I um, You see some different setups now and uh, pretty good ones. Yeah, I've got to tell you, I'm pretty happy with my setup. It's it's so quick and easy to set up and pack up. I am the laziest camper you'll ever meet in your life. Yeah. I am the laziest camper. I, I'll set up absolute bare minimum so it's less to pack up, less to carry around. You can't be much more lazy than a van. No. Which is me now. No, well, I've done, it, I've done a stint in the van. I really enjoyed that as well. Well, you've got the thing with Easy Trail. You might should try and see if they'll let you bring a van to Blue Lagoon this weekend, mate. I don't know if Winnie would hack it. Hey, <laughs> the no, old GU. No, you'd be right. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Well, that's it. I mean, you see all different setups, but th- no matter what your setup is, um, it's just good to see so many people out, you know, travelling. And I'll tell you one problem we have at the moment with this, all of this extra, you know, travel and the, the travel seasons underway now, and there are a stack of people out and about. Is the businesses out there that have struggled through drought, through COVID last year? And now can't get staff. Yeah, everywhere we went, there were ads for yeah. for people. And I just can't believe that Aussies. I just can't believe we have such a, a reliance on backpackers. Yep. I just think that's a bit embarrassing. I just think that what what about young Aussies who, you know, in the city, here's an opportunity. You usually get accommodated. The money's good. It's a different way of life. It's an education. Yep. You're not going out there for your career. That's right. They were, they were definitely looking for a couple out at Mount Deer Hotel. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and, and would like a bit of a mm. lifestyle change for a few weeks, go check that out. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand why young Aussies aren't taking up the charge and getting out there. And Because not every a lot, of, a lot of young Aussies go and get on the properties and work as ringers and jackaroos and jillaroos and all that, but they, they don't seem to get involved in the hospitality gig and get a job in the pub and, you know, and clean and do whatever yeah. it is and they just won't do it like I know even on the on the farms and fruit picking and all that it's a major problem yeah it is it is absolutely I just don't know why we don't say to the people that are on the dole well guess what you're going to do for the next three months sport yeah eh? get out there oh well, well why not yeah absolutely I mean mate 1968 they'll send them to Vietnam with a rifle yeah I'll pick, <laughs> I mean, I'll pick up some new skills I'll... I I reckon it'd be a great experience I mean I was talking to Frank at the Walkabout Creek pub the other week and, mate, he's struggling. for He can't get staff. Yeah. Him and his missus. Like, and and in, with an expectation of thousands of travellers heading his way. You didn't offer to go and spend a few weeks there, mate? He reckons that it'd probably be cheaper to put me on the payroll. Because I said I'd go up there for beers. Yeah. And uh, he wouldn't cop it. He just said, mate, then it'd be cheaper be co- to put then, on the award. Then it'd be copping it from both ends. Yeah, cheaper to put on the awards. <laughs> But um, mate, these little campsites that we um, that we find overnight uh, are beauties. This one at Cobar seems like a beauty, and they're they're everywhere, aren't they? They're just you know, if you're on the go and you're travelling, you can you can basically get a fair way just free camping your way everywhere, can't you? Now? Oh, hundred percent. You know, and and the more remote you go, the easier it gets as well. You mm. won't find the free camps too close to town. Mm. Um, so you know, if you if you're doing your your trips are going from sort of you know major metro area to major metro area, you won't see mm. as many. If you go to the major regional areas, you'll normally find a free camp or two uh, just out of town. Mm. So it's definitely worth having a look. And there's some great apps out there that help you out with that sort of stuff as yeah. well. Wikicamps is a perler. Yeah. Um, my mate Lee put me onto that one. Thanks, yeah. Lee. Um, 
and also you can get some some great books as well. Hema have got some yeah. great books, and then there's Camps Australia wide. Well, if you've got a Hema HX one, there's a stack of campsites. Yeah, in that's that. right. And that's right. Uh, they're the go because you just you know you drive and all geez, like where am I going to camp? Just punch it in the Hema. Yeah, that's right. Which is basically how I found that Woody Head. Yep. At Iluka, mate, this looks all right. Wheeled in there, mate. How good is fire rings? It's the best, isn't it? When you when you rock into somewhere you haven't been before, and mm. and you can you've been in there, you, yeah. And you confront it with something spectacular. You've been, you've been everywhere. It's the best feeling. It's like, how good is this? Well, my young bloke and his mates head up that way a bit. And I said to him, you want to get onto it because they take they usually take you know swags and a tinny and and it's got a boat ramp and everything there because it's where the ocean meets the yeah, river. Yeah, yeah, some. Famous for flathead fishing, Iluka. Yeah, so uh, and a good old pub there, which is about to be re- knocked down and rebuilt, but good old timber pub. It's been there for over hundred years, and uh, made a great little town, great spot. And you normally, for years, you just drive past those turnoffs. Yeah, you know, on your way somewhere. Yeah, Broom Head's another one like that that I only, um, you know, I've driven past it for years, and I, mm. I stopped in last year, and uh, I was shocked. Yeah, oh, I've been missing out. Yeah, because this place. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now all the uh, the big festivals are on, mate. We have got um, the big red bash, and at the moment, um, I'm tipping Greg's a little nervous. I was talking to Greg Donovan the other night, and nervous about COVID after last year, yeah. calling the event off, only to have it all ready to go this year. And now, COVID raises its ugly head again. But well, they're all happening, and plenty of uh, people travelling to those events and. Turning into an adventure, mate. Well, they've already put a lot of work into the the spot there. We um <laughs> we came up the top of Big Red and then had a look down at the concert site. Mm. And they've they've uh, they flattened out the clay pan there and yep. and tried to put a cap on it to keep the dust down. There's a lot of work going in just to that. They mm. land all the other stuff behind the scenes that you know. Yeah, well, I know the crew. I know the the crew headed there la- headed that way last Sunday. Yeah. So um yeah so there you go. So there it takes a fair bit to set all that up. And then, um, and then they pack up from there after the Birdsville Big Red Bash, and then head to the Monday Monday Bash. Monday Monday Bash, yeah, that's going to be, be a pearler. Yeah, heading to that, which will be fantastic. Looking forward to that. Going to do the Darling River Run on the way down there. Yeah, well, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. that's that's just golden. I think if you, I think that um, that's probably not a bad way to um, to get there. Just take an extra few days and. That's right. Yeah, that. some, some iconic pubs along the way, some, some fantastic stations. Well, our stays. first stop will be the one at Byrock, the Mulga Creek. The Mulga Creek, love the Mulga Creek. Get in there, it's a great pub. Usually when you go in there, it's the fire going and, yep. you know. Get the, get the lamb cutlets if you go into Mulga Creek. TV Thank on. you later. The, the lamb cutlets? Yeah, yeah can't a fan of the lamb. they crumbed? Yeah, they yeah, are. you got to love them. <laughs> How good are they? Yeah, I don't, I'm a bit of a fan of the old crumbling cutlets, mate. Oh, I think everyone is. Yeah, so, um, yeah, well, I've stayed there a few times. And uh, and then we'll just head out to Burke and just mosey our way down along. And I'm sure there'd be plenty of great camp places to camp along the river and yeah, national absolutely. parks and yep. the like. And uh, and probably get into Trilby. Trilby or Dunlop, yeah. Yeah, get in there and go see Liz at Trilby Station and yep. camp there a night. Um, they're flat out too, so I'll have to ring her and let her know where we're going and book the spot because... Could be um, could be booked out. Yeah, I think she'd find me a spot though. I'm sure she would, mate. Yeah, she's pretty good, Liz. They do a great job there. That's a massive station, that. Oh, it's a beautiful property. Yeah, stunning. And like you, I mean, I'm a fan of if you're on a big trip, you're going somewhere, you probably should always look at camping on a station. I think it's just that it supports them and gives them, you know, people to talk to. They earn a bit of money out of it. And yeah, 
and gives you an experience as well. I think it's a win-win for everyone. Though, yeah, we, we try to use stations for tag-alongs and stuff like that. I, I try to do my shopping along the way in the smaller towns and mm. encourage the guys that come with us to do the same. Yeah. I think it all helps. So you got the new series, Australia Rediscovered with Rico. Um, mate, it's pretty good. I've watched over what's the fourth episode yet. I think it's up today, isn't it? Goes up tonight, mate. Yep. Yeah. So it's Wednesday today. What's the date today? Uh... That's a good idea. Yeah, let me look what at my phone. We don't 23rd. June 23rd. We don't even know what date is, do we? We've got the life, haven't we? We don't even know what the date is. But anyway, June 23rd today, while recording this podcast. Mate, how's the feedback? It's I watched uh, a couple of episodes back-to-back last weekend. I think I might have sent you a photo of you on my screen here. But, mate, it, um, mate it's different. It's different to what's on offer now. It's completely different. Yeah, that was anything else that you will see in regards to four-wheel drive travel shows and all that. It's completely different, isn't it? It's that was a big part and of very educational and the and the story on Charles Sturt, which was really um, what an amazing bloke, and the fact that he had this it become almost an obsession. The fact that there was an inland sea in the middle of Australia, and he was going going to discover it. You know, if, if he'd gotten there at the right time and actually made it to Lake Eyre and seen it when it was full of water, you'd, he'd have been forgiven for thinking he'd actually found it. Mm. So, you know, his, his thought process and ideas weren't entirely wrong. Mm. Um, but no, just just unlucky, I suppose, that he, he didn't get there at the right time. Yeah. Same at Lake Pinaroo, you know. He, mm. he went out to Lake Pinaroo and that's where you'll find the, the marked tree, although it's not much to look at. It's not worth a 7K walk each way, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, my life is none the richer for having gone out there. But um, yeah. if he'd got, gotten there when that was full, he'd been forgiven for thinking he'd found it as well because that, that place is massive. Mm. So he certainly had um, had the right idea and, and definitely tenacity mm. beyond comprehension, you know. It's amazing how switched on these blokes were back in the day. Oh, mate, it blows my mind. <laughs> the, the stuff that they could do mm. out in the scrub with... What were really, you know, basic tools in terms of navigation? Well, mate, they had nothing really. Compasses and compass and a sextant and a watch. Yeah, I mean, just incredible. And, I mean, and some some almanacs telling them what the what which stars are which. And what was and how things would have been so much different than they are now. I'm like, it's, it's just amazing. And and basically had to heavily rely on the indigenous people out there to sort of show them around. And it was interesting how he'd he'd befriended them. Yeah. And did what he did, and they helped him. Yeah, he, he treated them well. He treated them with respect, unlike a few other explorers. Mm. There would have been some issues, like in regards, some challenges, like communicating with them. 100%. Yep. Because they wouldn't have been, you know, very fluent in English, let's face it, at all, <laughs> and wouldn't no. have heard of it. No. But he, he did well, didn't he? To, he to did, converse he with did. them and to, to let them know that he was friendly, and that, and then on their side of it, you've got to give them credit. For the fact that they knew what he was trying to do and tried to help him, and it's a it's a common theme with the indigenous people throughout most of the explorers' stories is is they were happy to help. Mm. They they were not it were very few of them anyway. There was there's in every group there's always going to be a minority, but very few of them were of a warlike disposition where mm. they saw these people as a threat. Mm. They just saw these people and thought, well, they need help. I'll point them to the nearest waterhole or, mm. or I'll bring them a feed of fish, mm. which is what they did. And they, mm. they did it with Burke they and Wills. They were fairly peaceful, yeah. They did it with, uh, with Sturt, with Stuart. Mm. Just about all of the major exploration parties would have had you know, some really good 
experiences with the Indigenous people. Well, you put yourself in their position, what they thought when they first saw Charles Sturt coming up towards them. They thought they were, they thought they were ghosts. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's another story I'm going to do one day. It's a, a bloke called William Buckley. Mm. You've heard the, the saying, Buckley's chant? Mm. William Buckley in 1803 escaped uh, from a penal colony. Mm. He'd been transported out to Australia for... For something he actually didn't do, mm. um, and all the all the crooks say that, but he was innocent, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and he found out that he was about to be transported to Tasmania, which is where the worst of the worst go, and it was the conditions were horrendous, and you know, two two out of five people died every day. Yep. Uh, so he decided to make a run for it, and he went and lived with the indigenous people for thirty odd years. Yep. And they actually brought him into the tribe. They thought he was the ghost of. Of one or a relative of yeah, right. the tribe, and treated Incredible. him as a as a brother. That's unbelievable. Yeah, thirty thirty plus years he was he lived with them. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's a great story. This is a good thing about this new series you're doing. You you you're basically just it's a great name rediscovered because that's what you're doing. You, we're going through these old stories that people didn't know. And I mean, I, how many times have we used that term? Oh, mate, none of Buckley's. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's, that's what chance he had, you know. When you escaped back then, you had no chance of survival. Yeah. So that's where that came from. Yeah. Your Buckley's chance of getting that done. Yep. Well, there you go. You've taught me something here today, mate, because I did not know <laughs> where that came from. And to be honest, I, I never ever thought of where it came from. There you and go. And I actually use it. Yeah. Oh, look, there'd be a million sayings like that we, yeah. we just take for granted, you know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I've said, yeah, mate, there's your Buckley's chance of getting that going, mate. Yep. Not knowing where that term came from, so there you go. Like piss poor is another one. Yeah, these people were so poor they would sell their urine to the tanneries because they'd use it to tan the hides of the of the cows for to make the leather. Yeah, right. Okay, we should do a thing on sayings one day. Yeah. So if you were piss poor, they used to sell your piss. Not happy, Jan. We know where that one <laughs> came from. Hey, <laughs> eh? the yellow pages ad. Yeah, yeah, that was a great ad. Not happy, Jan. And what about that? Was just a commercial, and now has become a saying. That's right. Like when you got the shits with something, you say, oh, "Not happy, Jan." That was. A- it was the delivery. It was just classic. Oh yeah, it was. It was a classic ad. That is for sure. But um, no, that's that's very interesting, mate. So that'll be good. So that'll come up on another episode later in the year, then. Yeah, well, whether it's this season or next season, we'll mm. definitely do it because it's an inter- interesting story. It's, and mate, like I said, the feedback's been very strong, um, very positive. Everyone likes it. Um, I think you and Sean have done a great job in putting it together. It's just a fantastic program. And and it's different. It's not the same, you know, as what other people are doing. That are doing it successfully. Yeah. Um, you've done your own thing, which is, I think we spoke about this a few years ago. And I said, mate, stick to your what your game plan is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, you've, don't you've, go trying to cross rivers and talking on CBs. And you've got your niche. There's plenty of people doing it. Pick what you want to do and just and go it's, And it's the stuff that I'm passionate about as well, and, and hopefully that shows through. We seem to know a bit about it. What about who was the bloke who voiced Sturt in the um, in the uh, in the show? Yeah, so that's one of Shawnee's mates. He's, right. uh, he's actually a town crier. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, I was laughing when I heard him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was good. It's uh, it a good way to break up the monotony. Oh, of, mate, it was well done. I mean, who thought, I mean, who thought of that? And the way you've got pictures of maps and and the, and the actual, you know, handwritten letters. Yeah, and look, Sean's got to get a lot of credit for a, a lot of the creative stuff in the edit. Just amazing. He's um he's a brilliant storyteller in his own right. Yeah, you know, so. I can't give Sean O enough credit for, for making it what it is. Yeah. He's, he's just done a phenomenal job. It's the way, you know, the, the shot goes from, 
you driving to a handwritten letter and then old mate with the character voice being stirred. Yeah. I said to him, we need a voice. So well done. I said, we need a voice for this. He said, leave it with me. Yeah, mate, I can get you. I've got a few contacts in that area, actually. He nailed it. Yeah, and we we had... um, I've got blokes who have got, you know, I've got mates. I say blokes, I've got mates um, who work in creative services, like in radio and voiceovers and stuff. And, mate, I've got one bloke who does 40 voices. Yeah, well, that could be He's Winston with a Y. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, He's... Mate, if I played you his demo, you'd be stunned that it's the same person. Yeah. I've met blokes that have recorded commercials where it's a theme of a husband and wife and he does both voices. Oh, wow. It's just incredible to some, to some of the, how some of these people work. Yeah, definitely give me uh, his details. Another mate of mine who uh, you certainly can do all sorts of different voices and yeah, it's just amazing. It's very – to talent. Yeah, a oh, town for sure. crier. I mean, when, when was the last time you saw a town crier anywhere? You'd have to ask Sean, mate. I don't know. Uh, he, he met him some – by some chance. Mm. Well, I'd spoken to Sean about it. I said, I think we need to get some characters to, to voice these different people mm. just to break up the monotony of Rico all the time. Mm. And uh, I think he was standing in line somewhere and he overheard the bloke talking. And he's gone, that's the voice. That's the voice I need. And he's gone up and introduced himself and said, hey, would you do this? And he's gone, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, that's unbelievable, isn't it? And in the first episode, we had uh, a little stanza read from the man from Snowy River, mm. and James Blundell did that for us. Yep, and nailed that. Yep, geez, he'd be a good bush poet. He's got the voice for it. He does, yeah, he certainly does. He's uh, yeah, and the, the the good thing about James Blundell is that he he is a country boy. Yeah, through and through. Oh, I mean, you talk to Frank up at the Walkabout Creek Pub up at McKinlay. Where he was a neighbour working on a station up there, yep. and a regular in the pub, like feed income. He's a feed income country boy. Yeah, well, his day job is running five thousand acres of sheep. Yeah, you know. So, and you, often he's young bloke. I often I follow him on um, on Facebook and the like, and you often see him doing different stuff on the farm, and it's good, isn't it? It's like yeah. the, the music second fiddle to it all. But um, yeah, he he is a dead set feed income, and another mate of ours too, or mate of yours who I've just do. Contacted me, Tony Cook. Yep, another bloke who's a veteran. Yep, champion bloke. Bushy comes from you know regional Queensland. Yeah, Charters Towers up around yeah, that way. Great bloke, just a good bloke, and and uh, and basically shares his passion for the bush and the country in, uh, in song. You know, which yep. is which is really good. It's just um, good to see, mate. So uh, we're lucky to know a few good blokes, aren't we, mate? Yeah, we are definitely. But um, but anyway, so this weekend. It's going to be a ripper, Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, mate. Uh, what are your thoughts? We just uh, kick back and hang around with a few people and see what they're. Um, My thoughts are I'm um, really wondering how I'm going to go with the self control and not getting on the cans too early. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I can tell you the club 4x4 will be there. They'll have a set up there, as we mentioned. Also, the team from OCAM 4x4 accessories will be there. And like I said, they've got a set of towing mirrors to give away, um, which will be, a, let me tell you, they're a fantastic addition to your four-wheel drive, and I'm running them myself. But look, if you are looking for quality 4x4 accessories for your four-wheel drive to set you up for on- or off-road travel, look no further than OCAM 4x4 accessories. Quality products uh, and accessories that won't break the bank either. Very well-priced. Um, they stock a wide range of vehicle protection products, bull bars, nudge bars, Bash plates, steps and rails, everything to protect your four-wheel, right down to the seat covers, weather shields, heaps of towing gear as well, snorkels, 
jump starters, power systems. Um, they even do fridges. Their fridges are fantastic. Suspension solutions as well, even camping gear. Check out the towing mirrors, as I say. They do the lot. In fact, they stock over a 1,000 products at OCAM. You can check them out on the uh, website, OCAM 4x4 um, Accessories. You just go to the website, okeemindustries.com.au and uh, and check it out there or simply just Google um, Google OCAM 4x4. That's O-C-A-M-4-X-4. Just Google that and you'll see that website there, okeemindustries.com.au. And good boys too, good blokes. And, yeah, uh, looking look forward, forward to meeting them. Yeah, they're great blokes, mate. Pete, John, Nick, uh, family business. Beautiful. Great blokes. And uh, they're camping the whole weekend. He's got, let me tell you, Peter from OCAM has got the best 79 series I've ever seen. Oh, I'm stinging to have a look at this mate, thing. You've been, you've been talking it up. Mate, it is an absolute cracker, trust me. It's got the best, the best power system you'll find that I've ever seen in a four-wheel drive. You can actually plug your air conditioner from your caravan into your car, run it for eight hours or even a bit longer, and then the whole thing will charge from two hours of driving. Wow. Unbelievable setup. Incredible. Just It, it may have even got a, one of those air fryers. Yeah, really? Yeah. Mate, roof <laughs> tent, no cam roof tent. Uh, he's got the hot water service. He's got the slide-out sink, all that stuff, as well as the... Um, uh, hot and cold shower, and uh, made a great setup. But also has the coffee machine and an air fryer. Well, I might have to bring him camping with us. I think, mate. We'll, uh, oh, mate. We'll his air fryer. Mate, he'd be into that. We'll don't make, worry. We'll it's, make some chicken nuggets. That's the good thing about them. They're, they're campers as well. They love getting out themselves. Yeah, you know, which is which is the same as a club four by four. They love getting out and doing it, and any opportunity they can. That'd um, be good, wouldn't it? Get rock up the camp with the air fryer and chuck a couple of chico rolls in there. <laughs> yeah, old chico rolls. <laughs> Been a while since you've had it, my chico roll, mate. A chico roll and a move. Yeah, and a move. <laughs> That's it. But um, another thing too, folks, if you are servicing your four-wheel drive anytime soon, make sure you get into your local Auto One store. They stock a wide range of parts there, locally owned as well, and also um, a full range of cleaning products. I was down at the OCAM Jim's Auto One the other day, OCAM. Or Jim's Auto one down at North the other day bought some arm royal and some window cleaner and looked around in there and they're just just good stores. Yeah, they, they are know. a good place to hang around. I, I tend to hang around the tool section in there. Yeah, my oh, young yeah. bloke's the same. He's a massive tool buyer. Being a yeah. mechanic, he's geez, he spent some on tools over the last. Few oh, I'm years. not a mechanic. I, I prefer to watch other people using them, but I just like to have them. Yeah, I, yeah, st- I stay away from the cleaning side of things. What do you do? Just have them and just what, look at them. No, I, I do know how to use them. I just don't enjoy it. Yeah, no, fair enough. So if you're looking for that service your vehicle, get in and see your local Auto One and they'll sort you out with the right oils, filters and advice as well. Um, that's the good thing I like about it. You go in there and there's experience standing behind the counter. Yeah, that's right. That's the that's a massive key. It's a, that's a massive thing for me. And they're independently owned as well. Yeah. So, you know, they're not trying to flog, you know, a house brand or something like that. It's mm. it, it, They're there for you, literally. Yep. All right, so there's that. Well, mate, we should uh, probably shut off now and get ourselves ready to head up to Baddow Bay. We'll be doing that over the next day or two. Yep. And um, get set for what's going to be a huge weekend, and hopefully we get a few of you up there. If um, it's not too late to join, just get on to Baddow Bay, our Blue Lagoon Beach Resort, Baddow Bay. And look, it's not your traditional campground that we'd normally like to go to, but it's going to be a great get-together right on the beach. Oh, it's going to be perfect. The, ca- to the, the caravan, this, this caravan park is like, it, it's got 
spa complex. Oh, really? Massive resort-style pool. It's got a cafe on site. It's got all on the beach. Yeah, beautiful. Caravan campsites right on the beach, and you can just – and, and it drops down off this, like, natural reserve. So when you're there, you could be anywhere. Yeah. Because it drops down this steep hill. The driveway goes down this big hill. And as you come off the top of the hill, you're just looking over the ocean and all the sites. You're taking a fishing And all mate? the cabins. But I've always got the fishing gear in the car, eh? Yeah. Not that I really catch anything, but yeah, it's always there, so I'll take it up. But it'll be good just to kick back and chat to a few people, check out a few setups. Yeah, I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, you so get a few I'll, ideas yourself. Well, they'll, they'll be able to come and have a look at how we do it. Yeah. I'll, I'll have my typical camping set up there. I'm going to have the darts awning all set up with the walls. and I'll Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The swag on the stretcher. Yeah, set up, mate. I've got your sight sorted there. So be, mate, be an ugly bloke sitting in a chair with a, surrounded by a couple and of And the Saturday night will be brilliant because we'll have a few beers, there'll be a fire going. Um, and Wilco's a great entertainer, mate. He'll be playing around the fire. And, yeah, beautiful. And, mate, he, I mean, he's played with everyone from Russell Crowe to Chris Christopherson. He hasn't played with me Lee yet. Kernigan. Yeah, that could be a worry. You're going to bring a guitar up? <laughs> I will. Yeah, bring one. I've got a mate of mine. Remember the old Ruthie tune? Yeah. Well, a mate of mine who wrote that and sang that, he's coming up. So, mate, could be good. I might even take a couple of harmonics. I could take that didgeridoo there with me, but yeah, I want to learn how to play it properly first. Not embarrassing <laughs> yourself. Hard to do. Oh, too right. I've got one, and yeah. no, I, I can't make a decent noise Hard out of it. Play. I've been given a few tips. Just the practice is what the key is, mate. It's good for making the dog howl. That's about it. No, fair enough. All right. Well, that is the Red Dirt Podcast this week. Thanks to Blue Lagoon Beach Resort and, of course, Auto One and OCAM, and thanks to our other partners, including Distinctive Image, uh, Outback Signs and Coldies. Uh, look, just on Distinctive Image too, we have partnered with Distinctive Image. Get yourself onto some blue-collar media merchandise. Got the shirt on today, Rico. Look at that. The Uluru range. Pied ducked off the grid. Yeah, so uh, get onto that. Just go to our website for the merchandise, bluecollarmedia.com.au. Check out the shop there. You should get one that says get yourself ducked. Yeah, I know. Get ducked. Get yeah. ducked. Yeah, uh, or what the, duck was, what the duck was that. But um, <laughs> get onto that. We've got blue singlets, stubby holders, hats. Caps, beanies, and of course, um, t shirts and hoodies as well. So check it out there, bluecollarmedia.com.au. Just go to the website there. Rico, I'll um, see you on the weekend at Bado Bay. I'll see you on Friday, mate. I'll be the fat guy sinking tins. No, you're going all right, mate. You're looking like an athlete these days. That is the Red Dirt Podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be coming back and we'll talk more of this dribble next week. We just make it up as we go. Can't you tell? <laughs> I think it shows. All good. See you next week. Bye. Cheers.